like this Audacity update. Oh yeah, it looks actually a lot better. It looks like a little bit like 2004. And before it looked like 2001. So. <laughs> like 1982. 1984. 1989. Ooh. Okay, I have a funny thing to say. Who are you? I'm Christina. I'm Ashlyn. This is the place within where this week we're going we're to talk. But probably <laughs> in talking, we'll get to the heart of our thoughts, feelings, and desires where we trust we'll find the gospel and our need for it. What were you going to say? Um, I figure out how old people in their 30s are or what year excuse me what year people in their 30s were born based off of their relationship to taylor swift's birthday that sounds right yeah yeah so tell us about the formula well it's just taylor swift is 32 and she was born in 1989 if so-and-so is 34 they were born in 1987 that's it love it yeah um i think maybe i subconsciously do the same thing <laughs> I just, I guess, no, I think probably the point of reference, I guess, I don't always know how old Taylor Swift is, but I do know that she was born in 1989. Fair enough. And it's awkward because my birth year pretty soon will help me indicate when people were born, if they're in their 30s, because I will be 30. Woo! I'm very old. Are you going to party? Yeah. My dream thing, I would, I could use any feedback about this, but it's either we go to los angeles for a time just for fun fly into the long beach airport because it's cute yeah and like 60 bucks from denver just party i don't know like probably like do our makeup and walk around <laughs> like that kind of party <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> or las vegas but in like a chaste virtuous <laughs> way like see a show shop um or a riverboat down the Mississippi River in Illinois. Oh my gosh. Or none of those things. But basically the main thing that I'm interested in having be a part of the festivities is drive around in a Dodge Challenger because it's my favorite car. Wow. And with my friends, any of them. Maybe you. <laughs> <laughs> and like I think four other friends could fit in the Challenger, but wow. only one would feel like a princess with me. <laughs> and i want everyone to feel like a princess so maybe just one in the challenger would take turns but then also i want to play the song 21st century girls by bts nice. in the challenger and are and, you gonna drive it yeah probably okay because it's fun yeah um and if i do that in any state or not even that but something like that seems fun to me yeah that sounds it's, really yeah special for, cool in vegas you just drive up and down the vegas strip Back and forth. Yeah, I don't know. It'll, go, it'll go. Don't break your down. Put on my lady. Put your hands up. Um, so you can look up that song if you don't know it. And um, if you want to come to the party, just let me know. You can email us at avwpodcast at gmail.com and I'll figure it out with you. Um, but you're definitely invited, Christina. Yes. So if you have any feedback on what we do, just let me know. Maybe later. Amazing. <clears throat> Coming up way sooner than my 30th birthday. Your 26th birthday. That's true. Nope, 27. Oh, wow. She's yeah. a woman. Yeah. Um, that's very Officially soon. late 20s. Let's go. It's a good time. Coming at me. Um, you really thought I was 25? Yeah. Wow. You'll have All year? Two more master's degrees. <laughs> <laughs> By the time you're 27. <laughs> Wait, I have to know. Did you think you yeah, was 25 all year long? I some i could have figured it out i, I get gone, mixed up about your age too okay yeah it's like 
doesn't really matter. I know what year you were born and I would have done that. <laughs> you know what, how old I am in relationship to the year 1989? Yes. Okay. Very good. Um, She's plus six years. <clears throat> yes, I will have. <laughs> they could have figured that out because you said you'd be 27. What? Huh? I'll be 27. Yeah. Great. Birth years. That's what we're talking about today. Birth years. <laughs> um, yeah. Lots of stuff going on right now, huh? Yep. It's currently Spy Wednesday. You're Indeed. listening to this much after the fact, I can imagine. imagine. I don't know when you're listening to this, but you'll listen to it eventually. Yeah. I should probably get it out in some kind of meaningful amount of time. But right now, for us, in, in real life, <laughs> it's Spy Wednesday. Which is the Wednesday of Holy Week, as sometimes it's referred to. Indeed. Um, yeah, I went to Mass this evening, uh, and the priest started yelling <laughs> about... During the homily, of course. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Imagine just yelling the Eucharistic prayers. <laughs> Dang. The night before he was betrayed! <laughs> That is tonight. Oh, wow. We get to hear that tomorrow. Isn't oh, that beautiful? Shoot. Oh, shoot. On the night before he was betrayed. That is tonight. Ugh. Classy liturgy. Tonight, is... the night of nights. Okay, before we get into Spy Wednesday, I do have to say, did I say this already in a time that we talked on the podcast? I can't imagine that I did. I did watch the new West Side Story. Oh, no. You did not talk about this. And guys, let's all just give it up for a movie musical where they can actually sing. Right? Ugh. But then they didn't invite that girl to the Oscars. The Good Singing Girl? Uh, the, Maria? Yeah, Maria. Well, isn't that crazy? The movie got nominated for a lot, but I know, they were but like, they they're didn't... not going to win. Say it louder. They didn't invite her originally, but she made a big deal about it on social media and she got invited. Okay. I bet they were like, wow, if we could have done that differently, uninvited Will Smith, invited <laughs> <laughs> Rachel. What's her last name? Rachel. Starts with an L. From the get-go. If you were wondering, who was that? That was my husband. He, we've been begging him to come on the podcast, and now he's made a very brief cameo. He said that he came in to tell us that at first she wasn't invited, but then she made a big deal out of it on social media, and then they invited her, so then she came. Um, wow, maybe we can convince John Paul to be our pop culture consultant. <laughs> maybe if we make a big deal about it on social media, he'll <laughs> right. come on the podcast. <laughs> um, nice. So, yeah, so... Then I did watch that. It was good. The slap heard around the world. Well, we haven't covered that. Here, this is what we have to do. We just have to say everything like a little bit wrong. <laughs> so then, so then, Chris Rock was sitting next to his wife, and Will Smith made a made a crack on the stage. And Chris Rock kind of laughed, and then he realized his wife was not laughing. <laughs> so Chris Rock came over and slapped Will Smith in the face. And then Will Smith said, "Chris Rock just slapped <laughs> at me." <laughs> He's not coming. And it's just surprising how many of my team meetings in the last two weeks have included conversations about this. We yeah. can't get... It's three of us. And then some are like, why are we still talking about this? And the three of us that are just the most up on these things. Yeah. Like, well, then can you believe? And then there's the sharing of some memes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to. You got to. So it's like, you know, my teammate who is really vehement about certain things is will smith and those certain mm. things are chris rock <laughs> <laughs> those certain things that's funny 
Yeah, we walked into seminar the following week, and um, our teacher, well, first we complained about some things, and then we, like, he indulged us in talking about some, like, random things <laughs> that had nothing to do with class, and then um, eventually somehow that came up, and but I think that he brought it up, and he was like, we haven't talked about that yet, and we were like, yes, but then he moved on and started talking about Augusta, and we were like, dang it. <laughs> it wasn't just Augustine wouldn't have liked it. St. Yeah. Jerome would have been like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and so I, I mm. took us on that little detour because it was, it's so much even more beautiful. And I'm not even just saying that when the priest during the Eucharistic prayer on Holy Thursday says that is tonight. But then I heard myself to, say tonight and then i went tonight tonight and then i no i i sang the tonight the night of nights is another oh. thing oh well that's from the exalted yeah yeah and the, the saturday yeah oh oh i started and i didn't know where i was going it's embarrassing Just and now i'm in public oh, 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 oh. <laughs> i made that one up <sighs> tonight when things of heaven are wed to those on earth. Oh, boom. This is the night. And then you ha- can't think this is the night because <laughs> that's not it. It's much more beautiful than that. So anyway, we're right in the Holy Week shenanigans, but one of the Holy Week shenanigans that I think the people should know about in year two, yeah. Christina, is that um, one of my former roommates and one of her friends who's now an ordained priest, they're wonderful. They're just great buds. And back in their younger years, when he was a seminarian and she was younger, um, they thought, let's get together for dinner with some of our friends on Wednesday of Holy Week. Oh, Spy Wednesday, what should we have? And the now priest thought to himself and he thought, oh, we should have grilled cheese and tomato soup. She was like, okay, that was really specific. Like, why did you pick that? And he's like, well, I was thinking Spy Wednesday. And it's like, he dipped the morsel. <laughs> and you like dip a grilled cheese into the soup. And so it's, I, that's all I could think of. <laughs> Such a weird, like American interpretation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I got, I like, I think that that's like kind of quirky and endearing, but obviously it can be a little bit distracting when I'm trying to pray through what actually is happening there and i'm like imagining it as um grilled cheese and jesus is like this is my body (laughs) Uh, yeah that's not quite right yeah Yeah. so tell us more biblical scholar uh well (laughs) i don't know you want me to tell you more about how it's not grilled cheese that they're dipping into the yeah but like any thoughts that you have about it Besides the grilled cheese, we know that that's kind of ridiculous. We get it. Wait, about can, about what? I the don't... the morsel, the betrayal, okay. the Judas. Honestly, the dipping the morsel thing always kind of confused me. I still, I got some clarity about it. Give me some that I never ex- saw coming. Give me some. <laughs> and my office mate was like, "I'm going to confession," and she's like, "Do you want to come?" And I was like, "I don't know. I want a week ago, but I want to go during Holy Week." And for some reason, a lot of parishes canceled it for the end of the week and i get that there's a lot of liturgies going on just also it's a little confusing but today i know about some that's going on and i just talked to you through office mate when you could go but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go pray i haven't prayed yet today i'm gonna go to confession nice so i go to confession talking about unforgiveness wow you're getting insider sneak peek everyone to my confession 
I was like, I know this is sin. I know this sucks, but like, I need to tell Jesus I'm sorry about it. And this beautiful priest who I couldn't see, but beautiful, beautiful sounding voice. Um, be- yeah, sorry. Like chase beauty, like, like beauty of the sacrament. Spiritual beauty. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, don't Spirit, know. I don't know. Him. I don't, I don't know the guy. It was behind the screen. Wow. We know a lot about my confession already. And I haven't even gotten to the point he's talking about, he's like in the gospel, Jesus has just instituted the Eucharist. I'm like, I was not thinking about those things together. And the first piece he hands out, he hands to Judas, who he knows is going to betray him. And if it were me, I would have given it to the blessed mother because she's the perfect disciple. And she's my best mom. And I love that he said she's my best mom. I was like, this is the cutest thing ever. And also, I'm getting rocked right now because, whoa, I did not think about the fact that what Jesus was handing to Judas was the Eucharist. Never in my life have I thought about that. And, um, yeah, (sighs) silly me. But then he's like, then I would have maybe if she wasn't there given it to John because he loved me so much or Peter because he was the head of the church. But Jesus gave the first piece to Judas. That's how he forgives. He gives the best of himself, even when he knows that we're sinners. <laughs> I was just like, oh, crying, you know. Yeah. So I was pretty shook by that yeah. today. I'm in the wrong place. G- um, Christina is flipping in the Bible right now. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on here. Do you know what gospel the Morse was in? It's two different ways. So in John, he says, I'm like, John and Peter make this eye contact. And then John whispers to Jesus and Jesus is like, watch this, which is not what he was actually like. But okay, then okay. So you have John. he hands the morsel in one. He dips the morsel in another. Okay. okay. But John is uh, in John 14. Okay. No, 13. Bloop, bloop, bloop. A reading from the gospel according to John. It is the one to whom I give the piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. So when he had dipped the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, Simon Iscariot. After he received the piece of bread, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, do quickly what you are going to do. And no one at table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the common purse, Jesus is telling him, buy what we need for the festival. That they, they thought the best of him. That's nice. Or that, they sh- that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the piece of bread, he immediately went out and it was night. Okay. Um, okay, so this is... Okay, great. And what's the other one? That was John? In Matthew 26. <coughs> so sweet. Matthew 26. Okay. Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. Surely not I. The one who will who dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to the one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Would have been better for him if had he not been born. Judas, who betrayed him, said, surely not I, Rabbi. That replied, part just gives me some You have said so. I know. And I'm like... How often am I just so self-deceived that I'm like, surely it is not I. I think he probably believed it when he was saying it. And it's still just creepy. I know. And I I am so self-deceptive. I'm so self-deceptive. Yeah. 
I don't sin. I do sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think of this. Um, yeah, for some reason, the like in the passion narrative from Palm Sunday when Luke and um, no Luke what when Pilate and Herod mm. um, like go you know, hang out and like it's like Herod had been really desiring to see Jesus because he wanted to see a sign from him, but then he just mocked him. That like also gives me chills mm. and like you know I think that yeah exactly we could kind of like assign all of that to how you know other people are and like oh it's so like you know other people's betrayal and Mm. mockery is so terrible but it's like ooh, like how does that apply to me you know um and I think it's like so much of it is the hypocrisy um I mean not that's what it is (laughs) um which is a lot of what sin is you know Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. (laughs) insight from Gilmore Girls, oddly enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, like, these are spoilers. Spoiler alert. Gilmore Girls, spoiler alert. <laughs> but um, there's, like, a whole thing where um, Paris, who becomes one of Rory's friends, like, frenemy kind of people, but friends, um, ends up, like, treating de- uh, her, her boyfriend really terribly and, like, cheating on him. And, um, and Rory gets so mad at her for that. Mm-hmm. And then Rory does that multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't remember if she's already done it at some point when she gets so mad at Paris. Um, but the way that the show is written, you don't always like think back mm. to the things that the characters have done that make this so hypocritical. At least not like on your first watch. It like sometimes takes time for you to be like, hold on, why are you being so hypocritical? And then you get really mm. mad at the writers and you're like, why'd you write it like that? And then you realize, wait a minute what if this is intentional? And I'm still not entirely sure that it is, mm-hmm. but it might be. <laughs> um, regardless, I think it really demonstrates like this like human reality of like this nasty um, hypocrisy, even with the nastiest sins, you know, mm-hmm. like especially with nasty, I mean, with any sin, just that we are so willing to point it out in everybody else, but then not in ourselves. And like, I'm sure that that was something that like, not only that Judas experienced in himself, right? Like mm-hmm. pointing out everybody else's issues. But I wonder to what extent he experienced that from others, you know, mm. like experiencing other people's judgment. However, we have from like that comment I made while I was reading through part of John here, you know, Jesus literally just said, the one I give the morsel to is the one who's going to betray me. Then he hands it to Judas. And mm. it's like, after he received it, say and enter him, do what you're going to do. And some people thought that he was just telling him to go buy the stuff for the festival or that he was going to go give some stuff to the poor. You know, like some people Mm -hmm. still, because they were allowing themselves to be like sanctified by Jesus, we Mm -hmm. can like assume, I think, um, they still allowed themselves to like resist that temptation Mm -hmm. to make the judgment. And that's not to say that like, you know, there's another part in John where... John says, like, Judas did this because he was a thief. That's not to say that that's John being, like, sinfully judgmental. I don't, I don't think that's what's going on. But, like, um, but I think that it's just fascinating that this moment we have the disciples. We have an example of them not being mm. um, hypocrites. Yeah. When wow. Judas is being a hypocrite. Yeah. That's such a cool point because in other points in the Gospel of John, there's, like, pretty obvious contrasting statements so like in john 11 what um jesus is going to raise lazarus from the dead um Mm -hmm. and 
he's had now an encounter with both Martha and Mary, the sisters of Lazarus. And then he goes to the tomb and like is deeply troubled and weeps. And some say, look at how he loved him. Mm -hmm. And others say he had the power to perform miracles. How couldn't he have raised him from the dead? And then also with the thieves on the cross, that's in Luke. So yeah. Reading canonically. That's what you say when you start to bring in the other gospels. What does that mean? It means that we're going to put them, we're going to read, we're going to read it as one whole story. And we're going to say that they all are historically reliable. Um, Okay. Beautiful. Um, I mean, I don't know. That's what I say. Maybe I'll see a comment on my last paper. <laughs> Stop saying this, please. We'll follow up with you all about which it is. We're still learning. Um, yeah. The oh no! Microphone. The microphone has just the microphone does not like topple. reading canonically. It's like a historical critic. <laughs> wow! All kinds of fun tonight. Um, yeah, one thief saying yeah you have the power to save us and save yourself and the other um asking for repentance and becoming maybe the first saint um yeah it's just encountering i mean i think it can be such a helpful scriptural reminder and scriptural meditation to help like teach us discernment of spirits you know like yeah which voice is saying Mm. what beautiful yeah yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, going back to your initial reflection, um, before I had to remind myself of what's going on in the Bible. <laughs> um, yeah, like the the idea that Jesus sort of like takes that risk with himself to give himself to mm-hmm. Judas first, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, right, he's not like protecting himself, you know, like he's not like doing this um, like self-protective mm-hmm. love um yeah it's like the full opposite well and there's this like living in this understanding that the forgiveness is real and full yeah you know um (coughs) and it is it isn't self-protective because the forgiveness is real and full yeah um right and the times where i'm withheld and self-protective i don't believe yeah that it is right? right 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 um because i trust my impoverished ability and lack of ability rather to forgive as more true than what jesus tells Mm. me is is true you know i'm like yeah what i would do carries more weight in my opinion than what he does right yeah i think that's um perfectly put yeah he um he has complete faith obviously um in what the father is going to do on the cross and Mm -hmm. um yeah and so he has no fear you know um right and so the invitation of course is for us to share that mm-hmm. as members of his body mm-hmm. when I was, I was just driving away i was like wow like same ancient serpent whispering that same lie yeah. of what god said isn't true he didn't tell you the whole story right um and it's it's a lie mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's so powerful to reject that lie, to step into the truth and to offer that forgiveness through like, yeah, in participation with Jesus for healing, mm-hmm. that it is healing to me when I forgive and it is healing to the person that I'm forgiving. And that power isn't my power, right? Mm-hmm. It comes from Jesus himself. Right. 
it's in participation with the forgiveness that he freely gives to the person that betrayed him mm-hmm. right there so the idea is that he's for that he's forgiving judas well no he's like giving himself yeah so i don't know um he's not like i did bring up that in when i'm struggling to forgive there are times where like i'm like oh, i want to forgive but i also want to withdraw you know mm-hmm. and so maybe that is more so what father was sharing with me is like mm-hmm follow jesus and his example that um, yeah gotcha that he he draws close but i do think it comes from like the truth that like the forgiveness is available right you know so right connection yeah absolutely yeah and i think the thing like god isn't like holding like this is half-baked his so we have to go and like receive his mercy right Mm -hmm. um but that is not to say that he's, like, being petty and, like, mm-hmm. holding it back or something until, like, we do the right things to show that we've earned it or that we deserve it or, like, that we really are sorry enough, you know? Um, like, kind of, but, I mean, but no. <laughs> um, I say kind of just something of, like, imperfect contrition and mm-hmm. these kinds of things. But, um, but it really is, like, making ourselves even, um, yeah, like you said, like, available at all to be able to um, receive, um, like having our hearts not be hardened. Right. Mm -hmm. I think about this, like, this is an image that's all throughout the scriptures, as we know of a hardened heart. And I think that it's, it's more integral, like in a kind of literal way Mm -hmm. than maybe what we think. I think that we kind of think like, well, our hearts are made of flesh no matter what, Mm because they're muscle. So, so God just doesn't really get it. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like, I've always been thinking about it poetically and I forgot that our hearts are muscle. <laughs> I forgot about the biology entirely. Um, but I think that like, yeah, like the fact that like if our hearts are not pierceable, then they literally like God can't write his law. I'm not, like, mm-hmm. or, I mean, he, I don't want to say can't because that's a silly word to use with God. But like, <laughs> um, the cooperation is not mm-hmm. possible, you know, yep. um, the, for him to be like writing his law and his love onto mm-hmm. our hearts as the scriptures say that he, he wants to do. Um, and like, he can't fill our, his, his, our hearts up with his spirit and these things. Um, I mean, it's not quite the, I mean, what in baptism, like we, he like breaks that basically. And mm-hmm. right. So like, that's how we're able to receive the spirit. But like, yeah, I think what I'm getting at is, like, sin really does harden our hearts, mm-hmm. you know? And we kind of think, like, well, God, like, you can just break through it, like, whatever, you know? Like, so you can just forgive me, even if mm-hmm. I, like, sure, like, my heart might be figuratively hardened, but, like, whatever, right. you know? Like, um, we aren't talking about the muscle. We're talking about your interior, and it does become hard. Yeah. But it's spirit, right? Right. So it's a physical metaphor, and I love it. Yeah. And it's like, yes, I, I can be self, self deceptive or pride and and prideful. They're the same thing, you know, that this hardening isn't actually happening to me, Mm -hmm. you know, when it is, is yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, and that the hardening doesn't matter, you know, it's like, well, why, why would that matter to God? You know? Mm -hmm. And he like, but he takes pains. Like if we take the scriptures as revelation, he takes pains to tell us that this like hardened heart issue is a big problem mm-hmm. <laughs> that keeps his people from walking in his ways mm. and like truly being his people mm-hmm. um, and being in his presence 
Um, yeah. And so, mm. like, I, I don't know. I'm just, like, thinking about that in terms of, like, being able to receive his forgiveness and thinking about, like, you know, the age-old question of, like, well, why couldn't he just forgive Judas or whatever? Like, um, I mean, and he, you know, he certainly could have had Judas repented, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and we've talked about this on the podcast yeah. a couple years ago where it's, like, you see the difference between Peter and Judas where Peter rejected Jesus, but then completely repented and, and recognized the, the the depth of his sin, you know? Um, but then you make a great point that Judas is like, we're seeing there are just references to patterns of sin in his life. Yeah. Um, specifically stealing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, and it, yeah, the greed seems to be at the heart of it. Cause even that yeah. lack of charity towards Mary, when she's anointing Jesus's feet, Mm-hmm. is more so rooted in the greed because he wants the money, right? And right. he he's so repelled by this active crazy generosity. Yeah. Because he puts so much importance on the value, the monetary value of yeah. things. Um <clears throat> well, are you so No, so it's just like um while we see blunders from all of the apostles, there is this pattern of sin that we can see that we don't know, right? We don't know and grace actually like can come in. The grace of repentance can come in to those places, even mm-hmm. when they're hard. But that um, we probably shouldn't just chalk this pattern of sin and the refusal to repent mm-hmm. up to coincidence. Mm-hmm. They go hand in hand. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's interesting. I tend to think of Judas's sin. Obviously, there's greed. Um, and I think a lot about like fear as well. Mm-hmm. Um and like the fear in his um in that that greed you know Mm -hmm. that he's like afraid of what is not going to be available anymore you know because of like the the way that we all kind of are with our money you know when we're not being generous it's like Mm. well i'm afraid of what i'm not going to have security Mm -hmm. for anymore if i am this generous with x you know um but also yeah then you see it like well i don't know yeah i just think of that with with judas like his He's afraid of the consequences even of his betrayal. Mm-hmm. And then he's, I think, afraid to repent. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think that's often at the root of so many of our, like, <clears throat> fears of returning to the Lord. Yeah, and not definitely <laughs> um, the fear of either other people or God himself mm-hmm. or both. Um, and, like, yeah, the way that Satan used that to secure Judas for himself, you know. Um mm-hmm. It's uh, scary stuff, and the Lord uses it to teach us. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> wow. Well, it's interesting because it's like, yeah, I mean, it's been a good opportunity to, like, resist scrupulosity, but in praying with these scenes, the anointing of Bethany and um, this beginning of the Passover during this Holy Week, you know, I've been like, I want to I wanna be go serve with Martha, and I want to anoint Jesus' feet with Mary, but I keep just feeling like I got to pay attention to Judas, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, then there's that fear of like, oh, I'm just worse and I don't even know why and all these kinds of things. And it's like, put that down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is so much to be encountered of the Lord's mercy, my own capacity for self-deception. And just the answer is to not try to solve that problem and figure out how to, you know, like figure out exactly how similar I am to Judas. It's just to go to the Lord. Yeah. You know, and to say, look, Jesus, you know, like I'm so tempted to greet in this way. And 
and and to share those things with him um and to not just like take that piece of bread and get up and go mm-hmm. but to just receive it and yeah. to stay at table with mm-hmm. the lord amen so right like i mean yeah that same fear right have jesus say what you're gonna do do it quickly and mm. and judas like what what if he had been like i don't want to do it anymore you know like mm. do you think jesus would have been like well you already said you were going to mm. <laughs> you know <laughs> the plan <laughs> i don't have another andrew Lloyd Webber was right <laughs> it was actually just all a part of the plan and you get a bad rap and i asked you to do it and it's not fair <laughs> Uh, it's really Weber always comes up at this time of year. It's so hard. So, it's Palm really Sunday important. equals Hosanna, 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 Hosanna. Is that your Hosanna, entrance? Hosanna, Said I'm the music lady. <laughs> I'm hey, in JC, charge. JC, won't you fight for me? Zana ho, Zana hey, superstar. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed that there's proof of this. Um, no, okay, so, um, I was thinking about, oh, a couple things with Judas still. Um, he, so, taking the Gospels at, for what they are, you know, and, and Acts as well, um, and resisting the temptation to put this kind of like critical veil over it and being like, well, maybe I just didn't want to say it. Um, but like, we don't have this evidence that the disciples in Jesus um, were like blaming themselves for mm-hmm. Judas's failures. Um, certainly they were a community. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, we know that from St. Paul's teachings that the body of Christ like relies on one another. And when one member hurts, you know, the whole body hurts and I think that they were all perfectly aware of that but what I'm getting at is that there wasn't this like um excuse me they seem to have like this respect for his freedom Mm. I don't know if that makes any sense like where they're not um they're not trying to actually let me put this into today's terms I think that we can tend in ministry and in teaching and all kinds of things to, to to like try to curate the perfect situation Mm. where all the people that we serve will reach this goal and they will not fail and it Mm. will be great (laughs) um and like we don't have evidence that jesus and the apostles were sitting around thinking that way Mm. like it was like yeah we provide all the resources and not i mean (laughs) that's using today's (laughs) little terms Um, but you know um like we we are a community and we have the gospel and we have the Lord and like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we're all free, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that's the sense that you get from Jesus. Like you are free, mm-hmm. um, truly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that like is so important in ministry. Yeah. Not to like be, like, I don't think Jesus is resigned to it. I don't think he doesn't no. like not care. Like that's not what it is. Yeah, he cares. But he just like is acute. Like, yeah, think back to early John where he's like, um, he understood human nature, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's same deal. He understands human nature. So he's not going to like sit around and try to control Judas and be like, yo, you just don't get it. So like, stop, let me fix your will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to change your will for you, sir. Well, and I mean, it's so, <clears throat> I mean, it's everywhere. It's Jesus looking at Pilate mm-hmm. and conversing with him, yeah. you know, um, <coughs> of course, I think you would, 
great points about Jesus and Judas. Like, is it Mark 9 or Mark 11? I think it's Mark 9. In the rich young man, mm-hmm. where Jesus looked at him, loved him, mm-hmm. and told him, sell everything that you have and give to the poor and then come follow me. And the young man went away sad because he had many possessions. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's so clear the way that Jesus operates um, with people's freedom. Yeah. And yes, when we have this pressure of, um, we just forget how that's, yeah, how God behaves in regards to freedom and free will um, is all of salvation history, mm-hmm. you know? And so it really is, it's such a deception to then try to create ministries where people can't fail, you know, or to say (laughs) that we're going to change what this fundamentally is so people don't feel like they're failing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But also then to have the discipline and the humility to be able to say, I mean, something I've been thinking about a lot lately is like, are there conversations, hard conversations or uncomfortable conversations that I've avoided with people that I really wish I would have had because, um, while that conversation might not have been everything that they needed to overcome a struggle, it wouldn't have right. fixed them right there in the moment. Would they have known that they could talk about it? Right. Would they have had someone to share that with? Could they have received healing sooner? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard. Yeah, right. The difference, of course, is that like with in the gospel, it's like they have Jesus himself and like he like definitely did not withhold anything out of fear you know he gave Mm -hmm. everybody exactly what they needed Mm -hmm. and so like yeah for us to like actually ask ourselves did i do everything that was needed and Mm -hmm. oftentimes the answer is no um and like yeah like that's okay in a certain sense because Mm -hmm. like we can't you know we're not jesus literally Um, but we are trying to imitate him in our ministries and so yeah we the healthy balance of the two Mm -hmm. well and it's crazy because there are other times where he leaves <laughs> you know there's something to be done and he yeah. leaves and goes someplace else and so yeah. it's like That's true. am i retroactively saying i should have done that thing or do i know in the moment i avoided doing that thing right um and to be repentant of those times where it's like i know in the moment i made a choice against yeah this versus i was completely unaware mm-hmm. i was doing yeah, yeah <clears throat> what i believe to be god's will yeah and something happened that i had no knowledge yeah. of could, yeah yeah that totally i can't blame myself for, you know <laughs> Um, right. And it's just interesting because it's like very easy for me to dismiss those places where I, yeah, just make an excuse for myself yeah. when it really was my choice and to absolutely just flog myself emotionally right. about the thing that I had no idea about. Right, right, right. And that's just straight backwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fascinating. We all like to do that with like accountability. We like to, yeah, preferred it try to be accountable for things that we don't have to be accountable for so that you can still feel like you're an accountable person, (laughs) but then not have to feel like the pain of being accountable for things that we are accountable for. Um, (laughs) it's just, it's such a deception because the repentance is sweet. Yeah. You know, like he, he receives it and obliterates the sin. Yeah. He just completely eradicates it. And just the time that I spend stewing over it, so I'm just giving it to him yeah. and trusting that he really, like, he really is enough. Yeah. And he really wants to do it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, man. Yeah. Any other thoughts there in that noggin? This is like, 
more just like my personal kind of reflection that yeah it'd be interesting to see if there are like scriptures that support I mean maybe there are but yeah just that like in my mind Judas is the guy who and I am this girl sometimes um with Jesus who's like yeah kind of like sitting with you like we're not one of them you know like they don't Jesus doesn't get us, you know, like we tried to get him. We tried to, and he, he tried to get us, but like, it didn't work, mm. you know? Um, and that's like at the kind of like, I don't know. That's just, I think of him, sorry, I'm bringing that up as like, to me, this betrayal of his is kind of that culmination of him having, yeah, like, like you said earlier, like that belief of the serpent of like, God has been holding out on us and like, he's never understood me. I've never understood him. This is never going to work. This is all fake and none of it matters. Mm -hmm. Just the total like nihilistic perspective that can be very tempting at any time, clearly, because I think that's what happened to Judas. Mm -hmm. Um, But in today's culture, um, yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, like, going back again to what you said at the beginning like the risk of handing oneself over like Jesus handing his body over to Judas you know it's it's beautiful actually that he handed his body over to Judas Mm -hmm. because then when Judas comes to take him away it's like he he actually already gave himself to him you know Mm -hmm. um and um yeah it's the the complete contrast of Mm -hmm. like self-preservation of the nihilism of like satan um which i think has like always been his philosophy you Mm. know um versus the like total self-abandonment on the cross of jesus that releases um unbridled power Mm. for everyone who desires to enter into it and be part of his body and to be a part of that glory um like that is the starkest contrast um and like i don't know like praise be to god that like he has invited us to take the risk Mm -hmm. you know um that's a grace and i don't know like maybe just continue to make the choices that incorporate us into his self-abandonment well and when like listening to your reflection it's so beautiful and what's striking me is that Judas actually has the beginnings of a conversion, right? Yes. Um, oh my God, like, this is going to wreck me. Um, <coughs> and it's in encountering the totality of the gift. So it begins, you know, Jesus gives him this bread and then Jesus gives himself over to be arrested. And then Jesus gives himself to be flogged and gives himself to carry the cross and is nailed to it and dies like he never says okay enough i can't do it anymore yeah he goes all the way until the end and i think even before he's dead like judas sees that he is who he says he is and he means it Mm. and experiences conversion but then chooses despair oh my gosh why is that if you don't mind um i mean that's just like the epitome of like squandering one's inheritance Mm. but without i mean yeah just imagine the prodigal son story ending 
when he's like sleeping with the pigs mm-hmm. and like then he dies <laughs> and that's the end yeah and imagine jesus telling it and then he's like next town <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the lesson <laughs> and it's like or he comes back and he receives this yeah i guess that makes ring sense. and then he's like no you can't give me this <laughs> yeah, and then he's just and like he throws yeah. it you know um, yeah but i think actually like, and just like throws it over the cliff it's like he has this realization like i could go back to my father and yeah then he that makes more do sense it. you know actually I think, yeah so it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah judas is like i i have sinned this was god Ugh. i've an innocent man has been killed maybe maybe he didn't realize he was god mm-hmm. i don't know but is convicted of his sin and then yeah gets into despair right and i think yeah part of why it's so like painful it's just like knowing it okay from our perspective and like yeah knowing who jesus is it's like yeah thank you he knows that jesus well we know that jesus like wants judas back regardless of Mm -hmm. all this terrible nonsense that has taken place but then even from the perspective of like a really good friend so like if you think of jesus as just being like a really great dude um like even from the perspective of him being just like that then it's like still you would assume that he would want judas to be like i'm really sorry mm-hmm. like um and like maybe he would maybe be like too little too late but like even then it's like judas has given up on yeah i mean i guess that's true that he then yeah he doesn't think he's gonna come back from the dead so he's like but like he could have gone to the other apostles he could have gone to the blessing but i'm sure that he like thinks that that would be even worse because like Hmm. they are not as good as jesus yeah you know maybe he would have i wonder i just want to ask our lady to reveal to me conversations that she had with with judas who knows if she will but you know like what kind of relationship did they have? right i wonder if he kind of like didn't really give her the time of day maybe not so when we realize that we're poor and self-deceptive we can always draw close to our mother she's going to teach us because i bet i mean we're all just grasping here but i mean i do think i do think that if he had spent time with her yeah he would have known yeah that he could come back yeah dang oh my gosh that's really true <laughs> like i say that yeah i oh my gosh wow let's pray the rosary <laughs> oh shoot i think that's really right uh, okay folks let's be close to our lady indeed you are right about that um i think <clears throat> that's Whoa. what i got yeah um remember when we didn't know what we were gonna talk about today <laughs> i was like john's be humble i said we're gonna catching foxes this you have andrew lloyd weber starting your head so that means judas great <laughs> spy wednesday <laughs> And here we are. So thanks for being here with us. And maybe maybe this is what exploded us. Yeah, thanks. So. Okay. Great. The confession definitely did for me. Um, so thanks for being with us. This has been a place with it. <laughs>